through 20. It says, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Now, this is what I've always heard about the shepherds of the first century in Israel, that they were smelly, uncouth. Not part of polite society of the lowest class. Sometimes they were even criminals and outcasts. Dirty, filthy scum. Here's a quote. The life of the ancient shepherd was a difficult one at best. It was a life for loners who were often treated like a bunch of losers. Shepherds were seen as outsiders, looked down upon, resented, made fun of. And despised by the rest of the community. Their reputation was so bad that they were not permitted to give testimony in a court of law because they were thought to be untrustworthy. Now, haven't you heard that, too? Isn't that kind of a common understanding about shepherds? So the Christmas story is so beautiful in that it includes the shepherds that Christ came for outsiders Not insiders. He came to save the poor and look down upon ones. Emmanuel, God with us, means that God loves all classes of people, not only the well-connected. And it tells us that Christ came as our good shepherd who, who loves us, his sheep. But I've always wondered, is there a little bit more to this than this common understanding of the shepherds? You know, just to fit that stereotype. And I really think there is more. Can we be certain that they were all criminals, uncouth, scum and outcasts? And did they go to a cave stable outside an inn and found the Messiah there? Well, Luke here in this passage gives us three clues about where the shepherds would find the newborn babe. 
He would be found in the city of David, wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. And that they immediately left their flocks, traveled to Bethlehem and found the family. Now, I've already covered before, I think in previous years, that the in that is mentioned there in Luke chapter two, that particular word could also mean not a, only a public in, but also a private residence. It could have been the lower level of a relative's home and that lower level, like our basements, animals would be brought in at night and kept inside the house where, where they were safer. And so it's possible that the first family came on the upper level where the family and relatives had gathered was already full and the only space was in the lower level, like in the basement for them. But the truth of the matter is we really don't know the exact place of Jesus's birth. The stable of an innkeeper or the basement of a relative or most likely. But then I came across another theory that I wanted to share with you today. I thought it was interesting. The Tower of the Flock at Migdal Eder. The ancient Hebrew research center provides us some interesting information about shepherds. It notes that the, the youngest member of the family often was the family's shepherd, which freed the older members of the family, the older siblings and brothers, to be able to tend the crops in the field. And so we have that example of Joseph in the Old Testament and David were the shepherds of the family. The shepherd carried a rod and a staff. And we have uh, David's witness of that in Psalm 23 of the rod and the staff. The rod was like a club. It was made out of oak with a big knob at the end. And sometimes they put a nail through it, which, which made a pretty formidable weapon against predators. The staff of the shepherd is the more common symbol of the shepherd. The long pole, about six foot tall, with a, with a hook on the end. Leviticus 27.32 gives this information about how the staff was used. And every tenth of the herds and flocks, every tenth animal of all that pass under the herdsman's staff shall be holy to the Lord. So the shepherd would let the sheep pass under his staff and he would be counting. And when he came to the tenth, he would dip it in a in a fluid. And then the, the sheep walking by would brush against this colored um, liquid and it would be on his body. And that tenth sheep would be marked for sacrifice. The staff was also symbolically used as a scepter. Kings had a staff. They were considered the shepherds of their people, symbolic of their protection and authority. Ezekiel 34, 14 says, I will feed them with good pasture and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. So God is here likening himself to the shepherd of Israel, that he was going to feed them and protect them and take care of them. The Greek word for sheep, poi, means, means to feed or protect. And that's exactly the role of the shepherd. That's what they did, fed and protected the sheep. In fact, the Bible says that's the role of a pastor as a shepherd, to feed and protect the flock. The Aramaic word for sheep, ra'ah, kind of R-A with a little apostrophe symbol, and an A is a word that expresses deep passion. Shepherds weren't just criminals. 
These were men who had a great passion for the sheep. They fed them and they protected them against predators, even risking their own lives for the sheep. Jesus, we know what he said in John 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Jesus is the good shepherd. So, so far, we have the kind of the traditional common understanding of what the shepherd was like. But when we read the scripture, it doesn't give us that indication that they were all criminals. They were all smelly, uncouth, low lives. I think the Bible portrays a very positive image of the shepherd like David and Jesus. Luke 2, 8 says that the shepherds were keeping watch over their flocks at night. At night. Shepherds weren't commonly in the fields all night long with their sheep in late December. It was cold. The sheep were usually in the pens and inside by then. And it says they were keeping watch over them. That that word could also indicate guarding. So here's where we want to kind of go with this. Perhaps these weren't ordinary sheep. That they were say or cassay. Or sacrificial lambs without spot or blemish on them. They received special care. And only the best shepherds were hired by the temple priests for this job. They would have been in teams, teams of shepherds, most likely men from the priestly tribe of Levi, who would have watched over them 24-7. Four night watches. We can eliminate the nativity pageants right here. These guys weren't asleep when the angel showed up and then they were startled awake. They were keeping watch. They were guarding the sheep. And since they were in teams, they knew they had a limited time to be alert. And so they would have been awake. Perhaps these pastures where these sheep were was temple property. And these lambs were being raised for sacrifices, particularly at the feast times of Israel in the springtime and in the fall, where they would be out at night with their sheep. As I told you before, I don't think Jesus was born December 25th. I really think it was springtime, festival time, but even more likely, in my opinion, fall time, maybe September during the fall festivals. So these shepherds that I'm talking about here aren't the nomadic shepherds. They're, they're not lowlifes. They're not criminals. They're not found in your Christmas plays. They're not hirelings. So it's possible that the angels came to the very best Levitical shepherds around midnight. That's the Jewish tradition. The midnight watch was the most difficult one. And the Jewish tradition said that the Messiah would come around midnight And we saw that in the the Galilean bride sermon. There was a tradition that the Messiah would come at midnight. There are some 700 references in the Bible to shepherds and sheep and lambs are the most mentioned animal in the Bible. 
Sometimes the first reference of a word that you find in Scripture is very significant. So the first time lamb is used or lambs is Genesis 22, 7. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? First time lamb was used in that beautiful story of Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son Isaac. And then a lamb, a ram, was found in the thicket. The second usage in the Bible of lamb is Exodus 12:3. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household, the Passover lamb that was offered in sacrifice for the people. Both of these References in Genesis and in Exodus foreshadow Jesus as the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. John 1.29. The next day, he, John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Since shepherds or sheep is such a common usage found in the Old Testament, wouldn't we expect that Jesus' first coming would carry the theme of both? And indeed it does. Jesus came as the good shepherd to protect his sheep. And he came as the Lamb of God who would die for them. He would need to die for them because we've all gone astray. Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way as the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The world then and the world now needs a good shepherd. And so God sent Jesus. He came as a good shepherd to good shepherds. And the angel proclaimed to them the good news. Jews in the first century were anticipating a Messiah as a good shepherd. So how would they know he had come? The angel said, You'll be given a sign. And this is the sign. A baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And a manger, by the way, is a, a feeding trough for animals. What if these were elite Levitical shepherds who were guarding sacrificial lambs? Why in the world would they ever leave their sacred duty? Christian historian Eusebius linked the temple lamb fields to a place just north of Bethlehem, to a place called Migdal Eder, and it means Tower of the Flock. In Micah 4.8, here's what it says. And you, O Tower of the Flock, hill of the daughter of Zion, to you shall it come. The former dominion shall come, kingship for the daughter of Jerusalem. There's Messianic language all over that verse. And if you go just a few verses down in your Bible to Micah 5, 2 is one of the most famous Messianic prophecies of the coming of Jesus in Bethlehem. This was an important place for many other reasons. Jacob, the patriarch, came to this place and grazed his flocks there. His son, Benjamin was born to Rachel there, and he buried Rachel there. It tells us this in Genesis 35. So Rachel died, and she was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. 
And Jacob set up a pillar over her tomb. It is the pillar of Rachel's tomb, which is there to this day. Israel journeyed on and pitched his tent beyond the Tower of Eder. The Talmud mentions this place, that livestock were kept there for holy sacrifices. The Jewish writings called the Mishnah also confirms there were flocks there for temple sacrifices. And the shepherds that, again, these documents mention weren't ordinary nomadic shepherds, but special shepherds. The tower, which I imagine you have the image up there now, looks something like this. And the the shepherds could go up in it and, and look out over the countryside and see if any predators were approaching. Again, the Mishnah says that this place must be within five miles of the temple. And it was. Now, I think this is where it gets kind of interesting. When a sheep was about to deliver, it was brought inside the tower. The baby would be delivered and be inspected for defects to see if it could be used and was worthy to be used as a sacrifice for sin. They'd wrap it in swaddling clothes to protect it from injury because it would be rejected if it was bruised in any way. Non-perfect animals just became part of the ordinary herd. So from the description of swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, the shepherds would know exactly where to go. They didn't have to go to every inn in Bethlehem or search from house to house. They would have gone to the tower of the flock at Migdal Eater. So my question is, is I'm just kind of pondering this. What if God would have led Mary and Joseph to this place? And I don't know that he did. Wouldn't that be incredible? Because Jesus would be the perfect without blemish lamb who would die for the sins of the world. The very place where the sacrificial lambs of the temple were born. The blood of lambs would soon no longer be necessary because The blood of the Lamb of the Son of God would replace it. So let me reiterate the types and foreshadowings of this theory of true. Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger exactly like the lambs born here. He was unblemished, spotless, without sin, like these lambs had to be. And he served as a sin offering, just as the male lambs there did. Now, I had never heard of this place before until recently, and I wonder, why is that? Probably because Emperor Constantine's mother, Helena, decided on the birthplace of Jesus in the fourth century. The traditional site is a cave under the present day Church of the Nativity. But here's the truth in the bottom line. We don't know the exact place, the exact location of Christ's birth. And it's probably not all that important. But I thought it was interesting and I wanted to share it with you. But here's what's certain. We know that the Messiah came. God sent his son to be born and die for our sins. And he did. And as a result, we, like the shepherds, have a message. We have good news, not only to worship the Lord, but to go and tell others. Luke 2.20, it says, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the shepherds. And whoever they were, 
the lowly type or, or the more sophisticated ones. It doesn't really matter. You came to some shepherds and the angels appeared to them and gave them good news to share with the world. And they did. And so you came and now you're commissioning us as your sheep and shepherds to go and tell this good news, the hope of the world that a savior has come and your sins can be forgiven. And all you need to do is believe in him and then follow him as Savior and Lord. And that's our message to share with the world this Christmas. Oh, Lord, inspire us to do that. That certainly there are people around us in our sphere of influence who don't know you, who don't have the hope we have. Let us be like the shepherds, Lord, and tell it far and wide to tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's in his name I pray. Amen.